Hey everyone, how's it going? And welcome back to Citywide Blackout, your home for the best creators from around the world. And this for me is a very special interview because it's a chance to reconnect with one of my favorite events, the annual Boston Asian American Film Festival happening October 12th through the 22nd, part in person and part virtual. And joining me is my old friend, festival director, Susan Chinson. Susan, welcome back to the show. It is so cool to have you here. Hi, Max. So good to see here and get a chance to talk with you again. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, Susan, this is really cool for us to reconnect with because I think the last time we spoke was probably 2012, which just shows how how long this event's been been going on. Because now it's year 15 for Bath. That's a huge milestone. So to open this up, I'd like to ask: just how does it feel to have been part of this event that's been around for so long? Um, it really is kind of crazy to think about it that, um, I mean, I've been with the festival for the full 15 years and, um, it really feels like, you know, I've got a teenager on my hands. It is so different than when we first started from where we were even, you know, um, just around year five, I think was kind of around when we were connect first connecting. And here we are, um, over, you know, just the number of people that are involved, the filmmakers, the landscape of, um, the industry, so many different things have really changed. It it has been like a generation. (laughs) What was year one like compared to this year? Oh my gosh. It's amazing. It was literally, I remember I was partnering with uh, Dimple Rana. Uh, She was the festival coordinator and it was literally the two of us. We had um, two like Tupperware totes, like those kind of like crate totes things with the lids. And we just shoved like everything in, I think there was two or three of them. Um, and we just threw them in the trunk of our car and we would like go to the next venue. And we had like one screening at different venues and we pretty much did it at wherever we could get a free venue uh, to do this. And we would like throw the DVD in the, you know, in the player and we would set up a, a, a welcome check-in table and we'd have t-shirts, we had program books. So like some basic things like that we've continued on, but in terms of like, you know, where we are, the number of people involved, there's definitely more than two people <laughs> doing this. Yeah. Wow. So this whole thing in year one was all like guerrilla style, basically. You're just kind of, okay, pack everything up, off to the next spot, put the DVD in, pray to God it works. Oh, definitely. It was um, one of those things where like, um, you know, it was around, it was mid to late 2000s. And there was so many Asian American film festivals, like kind of like coming up at that time, like all across the country. I remember, and what really set me off is I think I saw uh, maybe Atlanta and I think Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh had an Asian American film festival. And I was like, okay, if Boston doesn't have one, this is the time we really need to like plant a foundation here. Um, and it was actually from there that I was like, the Asian American Resource Workshop, which is like our parent organization, um, had been involved in presenting Asian American cinema since like the early 80s. Um, and this was sort of, I was on the board in that organization. And so that's why the film festival sits with them. I was like, I'm going to make a commitment. This is really important. It was also part selfish because I really just wanted to see these films too that I was like let's make this thing um an annual an annual event so that was sort of uh what did it for us yeah and and here we are 15 years later still going strong years later still going strong what a massive event this year folks but you have a number of different films at different theaters the coolest corner theater which is big and the Emerson Paramount Theater but I also want to touch on the fact that you also have a virtual component what is that? And uh, is this a brand new thing for the festival? No. So um, it's one of the things that I think, you know, how has COVID really impacted um, how and where we are 
and operate. Um, and so I think, you know, coming out of COVID, um, we, I feel like we gained a lot of audiences that were people who wouldn't normally come to the festival because they either couldn't or, you know, didn't know. Um, and so through virtual offerings that we had sort of started to do during COVID, um, you know, I feel like we gained audiences that were just <clears throat> geographically further away from where we typically would be. They were people who uh, couldn't come into Boston for whatever reason, either they were parents of young children, accessibility issues, um, cost for even just figuring out how to get into Boston. Like people just have a lot of fears of even like getting downtown. Um, and so this was a good way to kind of continue those relationships with them. Um, you know, we, I feel like there was also this pocket of like people in Virginia that were like attending virtually. It was kind of like this thing where like, oh, well, let's, you know, how do we keep continuing working with them? Um, and so we created the, uh, we wanted to continue figuring out how do we navigate um, offerings that could also continue to be virtual. And so, you know, in that process, it was sort of difficult working with films because people are pretty sensitive about like on-demand digital and sort of how they do their release schedule. Um, but where we found a real sweet spot was um, with our shorts programs. Um, you know, we've had, I think, had a long history of uh, being known for having uh, strong shorts programming. And so this was actually a way we could actually, one, uh, continue to engage with the people, you know, who were who came to us through COVID and couldn't come back to us in person, um, but also it leaned on a strength that we had already. Um, more than half of our submissions, actually, let's say the majority of our submissions each year are actually shorts programs. And we were getting so much more content that we wanted to show and present. And this actually gave us that capacity to, to be able to do that. Oh yeah, and just for the folks at home, for the virtual uh, for the uh, the virtual portion, you've got a lot of great programs. You have uh, Golden Girls, Serving Family Style, Laugh with Bath. I like that one. Uh, Queer in Here, Grave Affairs. That's a cool title. And Lights <laughs> Out. So a lot of different things. Get some comedy. I'm going to get some horror. Uh, you've got some films that support the LGBTQ community. So great array. But what are some of the other programs that you're going to have with Bath, the other films that you'll be showing? We've got, you know, some really great, I'd say like within our centerpiece, uh, tentpole kind of films. Um, we've got a documentary called Nurse Unseen. Uh, Michelle Josu, uh, director, came um, to really tell the story about sort of what is it with, you know, all these Filipino nurses here in the U.S.? Like, what, what's with this and how did this happen? And then she really goes into sort of their experience during COVID and how, um, you know, what the impact of that was um, for them and, you know, their family members. Um, and so, you know, even especially with like the the rise of um, anti-Asian hate during that period as well. So uh, you really get a good sense of sort of how the intersection of history and family and, you know, culture and pandemic all intersect with that. Um, then we've got a, a narrative film called uh, Accidental Getaway Driver, which was actually based on a real event um, where um, convicts escaped from a prison and essentially like kidnapped a taxi driver who is Vietnamese American. Um, and sort of this goes into sort of like a, a a narrative about that story, which is kind of like crazy. It's dark. It's a little dark, but it really, I think, um, brings out a lot of uh, some of the nuances of being like Vietnamese American from a refugee community um, that, you know, I think was told fairly authentically in that sense that they actually, the production and filmmakers really got Sing Lee, who was a director, um, engaged with a lot of people from the Vietnamese American community to actually like make sure the cultural competency in producing this was accurate. And then our closing night film is um, starring Jerry as himself. And I'll just say, um, Jonathan, who um, 
was uh, is a filmmaker, and he wanted to find a way to uh, work with his father to tell a story that actually happened to him. And it's a story about how he was recruited to work for the Chinese police. So I'll just leave it at that. And it's sort of like this weird, like it's kind of like a thriller, suspense, comedy, sort of part documentary, part fiction. You know, like it's it's kind it's 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 an interesting one, but it's definitely a good um, you know intergenerational uh, film that could be seen like with grandparents and children and, and things like that. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Now, uh, just so folks understand the breakdown here, are the things that are being shown at the theaters also being shown virtually or is it just in person? So the, all the feature length uh, content is just in person. Um, the shorts program, there are six of them. Uh, four of them are going to be online only. And the other two, Queer in Here and Laugh with Bath, are going to have both virtual and in-person opportunities. Okay. So sadly, folks, if you can't be there in person, you will have to miss out. But I'm sure there'll be more opportunities to see these films down the road. Uh, So speaking of which, when it comes to submissions, you must get a ton of stuff. How do you sort through it all and decide what's going to be shown? Um, You know, this is actually one thing I feel like I take a lot of, you know, you know, love for and slight pride, I think, um, in that we have actually a huge team of volunteers that really take on this project. I actually want to give a big uh, shout out to our two screening committee members, programming uh, managers, uh, Nate Shu and Mike Baker. Um, They really led the charge this year in terms of like, you know, coordinating the many, many submissions and getting them all viewed through our committee process. Um, You know, they all they all get reviewed by multiple people. And we kind of like sort through them um, and we sort of figure out what are the best ones. And then we sort of look at those best ones. And then we sort of how do we curate from those uh, the festival that we want to have today? How do you say no, though? Because I would be terrible at that. Oh, I mean, that's one of the beautiful things. There's like uh, technology now that kind of like allows you to sort of automate some of those things. Um, so unfortunately, there is a bit of a, a bit of like there's no way that you can automatically, you know, follow up with everyone. There, there are a few filmmakers who do reach back on and like kind of like why. And it is really hard, I would have to say, um, for the filmmakers that, you know, you know, Bath alumni, we really try to actually um, follow filmmakers and continue to promote their work when, you know, things come back to us. We're not always able to do it, um, depending either of, you know, thematic wise or just content, whatever it may be. Um, you know, there's just so much more content. I think that's one of the biggest differences between, you know, year one and year 15 now is the amount of options that we have. Oh, yeah, I can definitely relate because when I started the show, when I started, it was a struggle to sometimes fill my schedule. And now it's like I'm filled for the rest of the year. I could fill myself until probably like mid 2024 if I really wanted to. Do you have any kind of criteria, though? Like, okay, what are we looking for this year? Or is it more about like uh, quality of content? Um, it's, you know, it's always a combination of the two. It definitely is a uh, quality of the content and the storytelling. Um, the, and those two can, you know, the proportion of where how important those are can shift in that sort of pie of 100% in consideration. Um, and I think it really has to be like, is this a representation of a story um, that is related to Asian Americans living today in the U.S.? And what the value of that? Has it been told? Is it being told is it an opportunity for us to uplift that. Um, we also look at sort of the fact that there are so many diverse 
experiences with Asian Americans and sort of trying to represent that is always a challenge as well. But that is definitely a factor in that. Okay. Now, for some of these screenings, will you have the directors or the the people behind the movies there for Q&A discussions? Yes, um, either um, in for at least the narrative, the feature length films, either in person or um, virtually. Um, I will say, actually, I am just going to give a shout out because I just realized I forgot to mention two kind of like big the bookends of the festival, which are like kind of like these for me, they're mind blowing because <laughs> these are the things that I'm kind of like, how did we even pull this off? Um, and so I feel like I behoove myself to not mention that. Um, so our opening night is actually for um, we're doing something a little bit different and we're starting with a book launch event. Um, so Jeff Yang, who is kind of this go to person to sort of about the pulse of Asian American culture. He's been journalist, commentator on Asian America since, you know, early 90s. And he has written a book called The Golden Screen the movies that made Asian America. And it really talks about sort of an anthology of all these different films um, that have had influence on the community and um, audiences and culture, really. And it's really amazing. He's going to be here uh, with um, Renee Tajima Pena, who is a director. She did Who Killed Vincent Chin and most recently was, I believe, executive director for the series Asian Americans that was on PBS. Um, so really excited about that. We actually are doing this special because the book actually doesn't come out till October 24th, but our event is October 12th. So people who come to this event will actually be the very first public people to actually get the book in their hands signed by Jeff. So like, that's just really special. And then our closing event, we are partnering with Amazon Studios to bring Lulu Wang here. Uh, she did the farewell. And she most recently is, um, she's here to be uh, talking about the project that uh, Nicole Kidman brought her into to tell about, a, based on a story called The Expatriates, it was a book, and to do this uh, limited series called Expats. And so we'll be actually be featuring um, episode number five and having a conversation with her on the 22nd. And that will actually be our last in-person closing out of the festival. Oh, I am so wishing I still lived in Boston. I am so wishing to be in person to see this thing because especially like 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 getting to meet the author a week or so before the book even drops is gotta be huge. Anything in particular that you are just like, I can't miss this thing, I gotta go to it. I mean, I definitely feel like opening night. Like that just to me, I mean, I have been following Jeff since um I believe it was like I it was a book about like different like Asian American themes. This was like probably in the um, like late nineties, early twenties, two thousands, and just like sort of following. He was the, he came out with a magazine back then, and he has just really been at the forefront of always kind of uh, the go to person. Um, and so I'm really excited about that. And Renee Tajima Pena, like formative documentaries that have really influenced sort of like how I access and think about um, how documentary storytelling can be told. It's she's just masterful and. I can't wait to sort of hear what they have to say. <laughs> Very cool. All right, folks, uh, we are coming down to the end of the conversation, but a few more questions, uh, Susan. I'd like to ask, what does it mean to you to be a part of this thing that has lasted for so long? What do you feel like its impact is? Um, uh, you know, it was probably like around, you know, year eight to 10. I didn't realize like how important this festival was to people in the greater Boston area. You know, I now actually have like relatives from Canada that come every year for this. So like it's a significant like impact that people really connect to um, and find, you know, joy and seeing these films, but also just like the other people that come out for it, that they find 
familiarity and an opportunity to connect on uh, themes and topics that, you know, aren't as easy to find out in the mainstream world that we all live in. Mm, definitely. Any folks that, uh, that are going to be part of this year's lineup that are kind of new to the film world that we should be looking out for? Some of these folks are kind of like emerging and some are like, I'm trying to think of um, any one specific at this moment. And I apologize. Um, oh, I want to actually do a shout out too for um, Photographic Justice, because I think this is one documentary that has been Karen has been working on for um, has been working on for many, many years. And um, it's a documentary about Corky Lee, a photographer who has been sort of like at the heart of Asian-American um, activism across the country. And he has been there to document it over decades. Uh, he passed away, you know, during COVID. Um, and this is really an opportunity for people to learn more about him. I know when I watched it, um, I have known Corky for a number of years as well. And I learned so much more um, about him through it. And it just was such a touching way to like, you know, remember somebody really dear and important to to the community. And I think um, further out, we will come to realize how impactful he actually has been through his work. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, last question. Um, how has BAF grown? Uh, you know, year one to year 15. How would you say this this group has grown and changed? Oh, wow. I mean, it's funny, like there's some people who have actually been around for like 10 plus years that are continuing to stay with us and work with us. But there's also been an influx of like new folks that have really joined on that have really kind of like poured more energy into it to actually get us to where we are. Like I had said, like, you know, Nate and Mike are some of the folks, our festival director, Ellen, um, has been sort of like a major person kind of helping to wrangle us and really kind of bring us to a different level and capacity. Um, the number of organizations that we work with and partners, like community people that engage with us and help, you know, sort of have these co-relationships have grown so much more. And I feel like that in of itself has also been a part of uh, contributing to I mean, I would say actually the social capital of the Asian American community here that we actually have this network of relationships that we can go to when other things happen. Um, but I would say the people around, especially the volunteers and the staff um, have, you know, grown so many more people that are involved in making this thing happen. Well, folks, uh, this event is just about a week or so away. You, you go to baaff.org to find all the information. It's all there. Get your tickets for the uh, for the in-person events. Or if you're like me and you can't quite make it in person, lots of great virtual programming for you as well. And uh, personally, I cannot wait to, to check all this stuff out. Uh, and of course, Susan, thank you so much for joining me. It's been great to, uh, to reconnect. And I'm so happy that this event is still going strong. Oh, thank you so much, Max. It's so wonderful to get to come and speak about it. And thank you so much for all your support over the decades in making this possible. Um, really wonderful to speak with you today. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Hi, this is singer Kate Eppers, and you're listening to Citywide Blackout. And with that, we bring this episode to a close. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, check us out on Facebook under Citywide Blackout in Twitter and Instagram under Citywide Max. You can catch this and all your favorite episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And new episodes are added every week, as well as on Boston Free Radio every Saturday at 10 p.m. You get at me at citywidemax at yahoo.com if you want to suggest a guest, submit your music, or just drop us a line. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.